Hello everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Undead Rabbits podcast, the lighter horror podcast, where we hand you a cushion to hide behind as we delve into all things spooky. I am your host, Undead Rabbit, and joining me on this scarab plane, my trusty co-pilot, artist extraordinaire, it's Vera! Aww, hello! And joining us for this very special premiere, please welcome the better half of the Unwise Girls. Couldn't be with us today, but instead we got Janie! Well, that's it, I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, <sighs> we, we got her for a minute. How are we doing, everyone? How are we doing on this chilling evening? I feel like we're, we're doing pretty good. The energy is good after an hour of technical difficulties. Uh, give or take. No, stop it. <laughs> they can't know about that. <laughs> and also, I rescind my statement. It's not a chilling evening. It's extremely warm. We're recording this on the final day of June 2021, and it is sweltering. <laughs> Wait, it's the last day of June today? Uh, it's the last day of June. Tomorrow's the 1st of July. Oh, I have a bunch of stuff I need to submit in early July, and I thought I had an extra day to do that. Oh, shit. Uh, hmm. That's sobering, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll deal with that after we record. It's fine. Listen, the real horror deadlines. God, yes, true. <laughs> and speaking of horror, we're going to be talking about the real, real horror, human hubris. We're going to be talking about the recent controversy regarding Five Nights at Freddy's and its creator, Christian, pro-life, rational, science, large brain, gamer, Scott Cawthon. (laughs) 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 Does he game or does he just make them? I would, you would have to assume that he plays some video games. Mm -hmm. I feel like people who make games are inherently hmm, hmm, hmm. this is a good philosophical question that I think would require a whole nother podcast to talk about this is true so let's not but first before we go any further let's have a quick disclaimer from future rabbits hey everyone future rabbits here before every episode we like to add a disclaimer of sensitive topics that we'll be covering so our listeners can make an informed decision of what they want to hear In this episode, we'll be covering topics such as, but not necessarily limited to, racism, homophobia, and other bigotry, mentions of death, gore, and family abuse and trauma, and brief mentions of terrorism and warfare. If you think we've missed anything from the disclaimer, then please let us know in the comments below. Enjoy the episode, everyone. Right, so, before we begin, I think it's pretty important to lay out the timeline of events that led us to recording this podcast. So... First date of importance is June 10th. That's when a certain Twitter user, whose name I'm not going to put on here because they've received enough ire as it is, revealed screenshots from a American political donor website revealing that Scott Cawthon had maxed out the possible donations to several Republican candidates, including Mitch McConnell and everyone's favourite, Donald Trump. Let's give him a round of applause. Woo! No. Right, so, this freaked a lot of people out. Um, A lot of people said this information was fake. Um, It's not, it's publicly accessible, you can find it very easily. Um, A lot of people assumed that Scott had been hacked, or he was part of some con to get donations for the Trump administration. No, because a few days later, on... 
It just says 18 days ago on here. Okay, sorry. So the 12th. <laughs> yes, the 12th. Thank you, Jane. Jane can do maths. That's why we have it here today. <laughs> it's true. It's her special power. Absolutely incorrect. So, on the 12th, Scott Cawthon made a Reddit post called My Response and Maybe Last Posts. And a few days after that, he updated his website, Scott Games, with a JPEG saying that he had retired. So, just for clarity, now I want to say to everyone listening, go and read these tweets, look at these donations, read the statements yourself, this is really important. Because I don't want anyone just relying on us for information, we are biased. Yeah, you could maybe uh, drop the links in the episode description. Yeah, I do plan on doing that, but just to make it entirely foolproof, if you are allergic to links and reading, let me put in a reading of Scott Cawthon's response, because that is the most important thing to note here. So, once again, go into Future Rabbits, listen to this. My response, and maybe last post. This message isn't specifically directed at the Reddit community. This is just the community that I care about the most, and where I choose to post these things. I never cared much for Twitter anyway. To say that the last few days have been surreal would be an understatement. I've debated greatly about how best to address this, including not addressing it at all, but with so many people from the LGBT community and the fanbase that I love, that's not an option. I'd like to think that the last seven years would have given me the benefit of the doubt in regards to how I try and treat people, but there I was, trending on Twitter being a homophobe, getting doxxed, with people threatening to come to my house. My wife is six weeks pregnant, and she spent last night in fear because of what was being said online. She has already been struggling with her pregnancy, so seeing her so afraid really scared me. All this because I exercised my right, and my duty, as an American citizen, to vote for and support the candidates who I felt could best run the country, for everyone, and that's something I won't apologise for. For those who took the time to look, you saw that the candidates I supported included men, women, white people, black people, Republicans, and Democrats. I supported Kimberly Kellick in Baltimore, because I believe that she really cared for the African American community there, and really wanted to pull them out of poverty. I believe she could really make a difference in a time when so many black communities were struggling. She lost unfortunately. I supported Tulsi Gabbard, a Democrat, even though I disagreed with her on several issues, because I felt she would have been a good and fair president. And yes, I supported President Trump, because I felt he was the best man to fuel a strong economy and stand up to America's enemies abroad, of which there are many. Even if there were candidates who had better things to say to the LGBT community directly, and bigger promises to make, I believe that their stances on other issues would have ended up doing much greater harm to those communities than good. All of this explanation, I fear, is wasted as people don't want to discuss with one another anymore. They want endless apologies and submission. People who are expecting those from me will get neither. I've always been supportive of creators, and I've tried to treat everyone fairly, and treat everyone with dignity and respect. I've never cared about anyone's race, religion, gender, or orientation. I just treat people as people, everyone the same. And because of that, I've ended up with a very diverse group of people I've worked with over the years. It wasn't intentional. It just happened that way. I choose people who are best for the job. I treat everyone the same. I ended up with people from all walks of life, in my professional life, and my personal life as well. That's the way it should be. That's the way I want it to be. That's the way I will continue to be. I'm a Republican. I'm a Christian. I'm pro-life. I believe in God. And I also believe in equality, and in science, and in common sense. Despite what some may say, all of those things can go together. That's not an apology or promise to change, is the way it's always been. If I get cancelled, then I get cancelled. I don't do this for the money anymore. I do it because I enjoy it. If 
people think I'm doing more harm than good now, but maybe it's better that I get cancelled and retire. I would accept that. I've had a fulfilling career. Besides, most things that people can take from you are things that never had much value to begin with. I have always loved, and will continue to love, this community and this fan base, even if someday it doesn't include me anymore. So, um, what is everyone's guts reaction to this post? What do we think? Yikes. I want to know what he has against... Sorry, you go there. No, that was it. Just, just yikes. That's all I got. <laughs> I'm less concerned about the post and more, like, confused about what he has against Greg, John R, and Hale, and Christina in the jurisdiction of Indiana. Because he maxed out his political donations to most of these public Republicans... And then he gave these guys a grand total of $5. Well, again, in the interest of transparency, I'm pretty sure at least one of the people in this screenshot isn't Scott Cawthon. Um, there is one who donated just like $5, and that's not the same guy. No, Cawthon, Scott. Oh, wait, that's a different um, address. Oh, yeah, that might be a different guy, then. The one in Bloomington. Yes, the one in Bloomington, Indiana. That's the one who only donated $5. But everyone else on here is legitimate. Oh, poor fucker. <laughs> His donations have been made extremely public. Do not chase this guy up. And I just <laughs> want to preface all this with don't chase Scott Cawthon up on as well. Like, I've seen some of the things people have said about Scott Cawthon and about his family, and that's just really not on. So I just want to say right here at the top, before we go any further, do not send Scott Cawthon anything about this. Yes, he's expressing his right to donate to whoever, but we're also expressing our right to criticise it. But going after him with threats isn't on. So I just want to put that out there. Be civil, criticize, but don't do that. Yeah, he's a weird old wanker, but please don't harass him. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, Jane, but I think he's a Republican. He's a Christian. <laughs> he's pro-life. He believes in God, equality, science, and common sense. They're all things he believes in. And despite what some may say, all those things can go together. God, the man <laughs> really did just create a copy pasta for his last post. Yeah, now that I've got the disclaimer out of the way, I am absolutely going to be using this within my friend group whenever I get criticised for anything in the slightest. Oh, absolutely. Listen, honesty is important. <laughs> so, um, some of the highlights from here. Yes, I supported President Trump because I felt he was the best man to fuel a strong economy and stand up to America's enemies abroad, of which there are many. <laughs> the fucking walls are closing in. God, it's true. Amer America's never been in a more vulnerable position. They're barely keeping it together. Vera, your your eyes and ears on the ground in America. You you can tell us you're being like simultaneously invaded by like sixteen different countries, right? It's true. It's a war zone out here, guys. <laughs> Honestly, it's if like I were inside my very soundproof studio right now, we'd have <laughs> the sounds of bombs dropping outside and the screams of the damned. Well, we're all just glad add... you're safe, Eric. Do I need to add discussions of terrorism to the disclaimer at the start of this episode? <laughs> hey, that's not terrorism. That's just outright warfare. <laughs> all right. It's war. true. We are that's at better. war with hell itself. The earth has cracked open. I can't believe Vera has finally become the Doom Slayer. I've been predicting this for years. It's the true. enemies of America. Beelzebub. Well, actually, no, you say that again. He is a Christian and he believes I, in God. He so might be like he a QAnon. 
Oh god. Cuz I... if he is then he believes that America is ruled by like a devil worshipping cult. So, you know, that's on the table given who he supports. Literal vampire pot belly goblins are hobbling around. <laughs> For legal purposes, I'm not saying that Scott Cawthon is a QAnon. I'm saying it's a possibility and only he knows in his own heart whether or not he is. <laughs> Yes, we are not alleging anything that is not within this post, his donations, and his retirement posts. And actually, let's shift to retirement posts real quick. Please don't sue us, you weird old prick. (laughs) So, shifting to the retirement post real quick, and I'm not going to read this one aloud, just for the sake of time. The link will be in the description. But... Uh... What is there to say about this? Kind of weird that he just kind of tries to use this kid's fan art as a human shield. Yeah, what what am I looking at here? I mean, it's incredibly imaginative. It is Ennard from Sister Location with a Sans Undertale eye and also a mangle extra head. I mean, that's rad as hell. Yeah, no. He does, this, the, this... the head on the tail's cool. This kid deserves better than to be used as Scott Cawthon's shield against criticism. Also, it's interesting that he says this very pointedly says, this isn't the end of FNAF, but someone else will be ev- eventually be running the show. Someone of his choosing and someone that he trusts. That's very interesting. My money's on JK Rowling. No! <laughs> <laughs> but, like, any idea who it could be? Could it be Steel Wool, the people who worked on Help Wanted and working on Security Breach at the moment? That would it's... probably be the easy option, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of game development, yes. But, as we'll we'll cover it towards the end, there are also books at the moment that are being written, and uh, (sighs) he's got people people on that. Better or for worse. Oh, we should give it to the Empreg person. No. (laughs) (laughs) We might have to do a podcast episode just on the books, because they are wild. The books are horrifying in their own way. (laughs) Their own special way. Very special. Also, speaking of the real horror being the concept of time, he posted on the seventh year of the first game's trailer, and I can just feel my bones turning to dust. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, the march of time is incessant, all things turn to ash, etc. <laughs> all things turn to ash, including our respect of game developer Scott Corton. <laughs> Feels like just yesterday I was watching Markiplier scream very loudly at the plastic bear. <laughs> and now here I am in 2021. Just here in 2021, not doing anything, just suffering. Yeah. Yep. Is there anything else between these two posts that is worth commenting on? I mean, he signs nothing... off with catch on the flip. Sorry, you go there. Nothing else really to be said outside of, you know, just reading the whole thing. Yeah, the elephant in the room is him claiming that he loves this community and respects these people while donating money against their best interests. And a lot of people just have framed this as an anti-LGBT plus thing. But it's not that. It's also very much a race issue. As he says here, he claims that he was voting for people who he believed cared in supporting black communities. But this is the man who voted for Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell, you know? Yeah. This man's words are extremely hollow. 
I mean, he specifically says in his retirement post, I have been shown tremendous love and support over this last week, a lot of which has come from the LGBTQ community. And all I can say about that is that there's no accounting for taste. Oh, God. Just, again, we can't comment on the issues regarding race, but regarding the LGBT plus comments, and again, behaviour he's shown by donating to these people, yeah, that's fucked, and... Until he stops doing that, and it do- let's talk about the charity thing real quick, actually, because he has donated a lot of money to charity, more than he's donated. But the thing is, that's not how it works. I can't donate to a veterans charity and then start punching all people in the face. That's not how it works. Yeah, if I like kick you in the balls and then buy you a Twix, I'm still an asshole. Hmm. Like, you can't play both sides. You have to choose who you're going to support. You're going to support the LGBT and Black communities. Or are you just going to support people who want these people to suffer? Well, now, hold on. You know, let's, let's not be too hasty here. He's not playing both sides. He's doing the donations to charity as, like, performative... I hate to use the term, but he's virtue signaling oh, to no. cover up the fact that he's donating much more money to Republican politicians. I mean, you say that he is Christian, and no offense when Christian to the audience, but, like... He is essentially just praying for forgiveness by throwing money around. Yeah. And again, this isn't to say that donating to charity isn't a good thing, because it is. But these events don't happen in a vacuum. He was donating to charity while also donating to people who, in some cases, actively go against what these charities work for. Shit's fucked. not the best. It really isn't. Uh, is there anything else to cover in regards to the Twitter threads, the Reddit post, or his retirement image? People are replying to the Twitter thread with, like, clips of Peter Griffin from Family Guy saying, who the hell cares? Oh, well, I can't see those, because I've blocked all those people. <laughs> I I just feel an <laughs> immense level of, like, sorrow for the people who think that they are being clever or funny when they post stuff like that. Like, I'm sorry that your life is so empty. I am jealous of these people who don't have to care about, you know, these communities and aren't members of them, you know? It must be real nice to just be able to sit back and just do nothing. I'm jealous of having, like, that level of, like, that lack of self-awareness. I'd be a lot more confident. Mm -hmm. I guess ignorance is bliss. (sighs) So, um, I think that'll do it for the first part of this podcast. Um, join us in the next part, after the break. Well, we're going to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's itself and build ourselves a compliment sandwich. Uh, so you have to break, gang. Bye. 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 Welcome back, everyone. So, how are we feeling after that last part? I feel emptier. I've released some <laughs> from my body. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you asked. I answered. I'm beeping that out so they're not going to know what you said. <laughs> That's going to sound, sound way worse. worse. <laughs> well, you should have thought about that. This podcast is PG-13. You're going to make it sound like I'm saying something way less PG-13 than what it was. Well, you should have thought about that before you said it.
all right when you when you get struck off youtube uh don't come crying to me <laughs> i don't like all this foreshadowing you're doing about my nephew <laughs> menacing and speaking of failure let's segue on to tearing five nights at freddy's apart like at the end of hellraiser we all have a big chain with a hook on it, and we're going to throw it in and tear it to pieces. It's going to be great. But, let's be fair, let's build a little compliment sandwich. Like I did when I was on your podcast, Jane. Yeah. So, let's all put down a layer of bread each on our plates of niceness. So, who'd like to give the first compliment to Horror Series Five Nights at Freddy's? God, no one, huh? <laughs> I mean, I'll take first. Okay, Vera, you go first. I will say that... The animatronic designs really were fun. Oh, bugger, that was my good thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but you're right, though. The character design is just really good. <laughs> Chef kiss. Perfect. Absolutely fucking terrifying. Exactly. Indeed. Like... I think FNAF 2 is where it really peaks because, like, in the first game, it really was just funny animals. We've had some seam lines and, like, some extra silver teeth in the back. But Final Night Phrase 2 is where it really kicked off. Like, looking at Withered Freddy in that, the way, like, the eyes are connected in the skull, the way, like, all the bits of endoskeleton are exposed, it's just, oh, it's so good. So good. I think the best compliment you can give any given Final Night Phrase character design is that it looks like it could be the star of its own horror movie. And when I say that, I am thinking specifically about Springtrap, because holy shit, that is such a cool idea. <laughs> just, like, horrifying robot mascot suit that's also got a dead guy inside. And just, like, the way you can see the muscle turning around the... Again, trigger tag for horror, everyone, and gore and stuff, but, like, ugh, it's so visceral and cool. And true, by the sixth game, they sort of toned it back a bit, but, like, for that third game, mmm, it's good. It's good stuff. It is. I feel like... I I'm looking forward to um, the new game, where apparently the animatronic is just the Titan from Titanfall 2, where the kid just like climbs in and out of his chest. <laughs> I'm ready for that. It's just Titanfall, but for fairies. Give him a sword. They, def they deserve it. So, character designs. They're good. Um, Jane, would do you have any good things to say about Five Nights at Freddy's? Uh, yes, uh, there was one time where Scott Cawthon did tell Matthew Pathew to shut the fuck up, and that was very funny and I enjoyed it a lot. True. <laughs> I don't know uh, if that counts I mean, as a you're... compliment on the series, but... <laughs> I, yeah. You know what, that's a fair point. The series <laughs> okay. is The series is well written enough that his brand of mindless hackery can't turn out a decent theory on it. There we go. You're, I feel like you're a bit backhanded here, but that's fine. <laughs> that was directed um, at Matt. Yeah, no, this is mostly just me shitting on him now. I feel like you backhanded Matt Pat and then on the rebound just smacked got caught him as well. And I can't believe that was unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> so now that my point of character design has been taken, because that was one of the few good things I could say about Five Nights. And this is me as like a as you can both vouch, a massive fan of Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, I love this shit. And yet... Oh, you are, like, on this podcast, by far the biggest Five Nights at Freddy's fan. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The podcast called Undead Rabbits, where do you think I got that from? 
<laughs> and yet, like pet cemetery, this, I thought this recent stuff has sort of made me rethink Five Nights at Freddy's and gone. Yeah, I did make a lot of this just my personality. I need to separate from that and just go. It wasn't that good, but I will say at times, genuinely pretty scary. At times it was, but like good. not the parts you'd expect. Yeah, like the first thing that comes to mind is like the mini games in the second game because everyone when they think of horror they go to the jump scares but like the main game and second game are like really unnerving it's just like we haven't seen anything like in this series before it's become a bit sort of staple now but seeing like the screen go into static there's like red and blue and then just coming back in these like atari 2600 visuals or 2800 or whatever it is and then just like this droning voice in the background spelling words out and all of a sudden this like solid purple sprite just runs in and tears you apart as the screen goes stack again that's really weird and it's because we didn't know what it was it was just so freaky i loved it yeah they've, they've inspired like a whole wave of weird youtube ads which are like pixel art pokemon being decapitated or whatever i haven't seen any of those and I'm I, I get those all the time about... and i don't want to <laughs> what have you been watching i don't know i get that and i get praying you it's a hellscape those are your ad profiles. Pokemon Decapitation and Prager U. It's, yeah. it's not the best of times. I would rather You're go okay. to Pokemon University and Prager Decapitation, frankly. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> this is parody, why you're parody, only a parody. guest. You're a, wi- you're a wild card, Jane. That's the problem. <laughs> and speaking of wild, uh, we've all given a compliment each, so... Let's pile up these insults toppings. Who wants to go first at tearing this bitch apart? Hmm. It hasn't helped the laziest of all horror, the jump scare. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 In the early games, I could defend it because, like, that's just your punishment for losing. The rest of the game is extremely tense. But by the third game, where, like, they didn't even kill you. It was just, you're jump scared now your audio's not working, or you're jump scared now your ventilation's not working. They were just throwing them left, right, and center. And by the time we got to the fourth game, I fucking hate the fourth game. Let me put it on the table <laughs> right now. But when we get to the fourth game, well, the whole mechanic is turn your volume down extremely low, open this door into darkness, and listen for breathing. And if you get it wrong, it screams in your ear. Sorry, Scott Cawthon. That's really cheap. Didn't he have to, like, patch the game afterwards to, like, turn up the volume of the breathing because nobody could hear it? He did. He did. And tell you what, I'll get on to more critiques about FNAF 4 later, but what else is grinding your gears? I already get uh, All of the horrible Steam Greenlight, like, copycats. Like, related to the uh, jump scare thing that just got, like, flooded everywhere. Oh, there are so many fan games. And to be fair, a lot of them are good. And we're going to be talking about the fan works later. Oh, no, I don't mean fan games. I mean, like, fucking Six Nights at Susie's or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like, Five Nights at Tubbyland or whatever. But the Teletubbies come after you (laughs) and try to tear you apart. That's real. That's a real one. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's almost as bad as when the Teletubbies got into cryptocurrency. Oh, God. Yeah, this podcast is strictly anti-NFT as well. Let me put this on the table. Let's just alienate <laughs> everyone. <laughs> so, oh wait, yeah, that's yeah. the other kind of ad I get. I get ads for Dogecoin. 
what's wrong with you, Jane? And I said this as a friend. <laughs> Are you okay? Do you need an no. intervention? <laughs> no, you're not okay. <laughs> so, uh, cheap jump scares and a lot of poor quality imitations clogging up Steam. I feel like we're skirting around the elephant in the room here, which is... Fuck, the story's incomprehensible. Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare to comprehend. A little bit, yeah. Like, I... During my more sycophantic nights, I have attempted to condense it into a full timeline. In fact, this channel was originally going to be a theory channel where I try and put the timeline together. But after this, I've just got no joy for it anymore because... It's just impossible, and the reason for that partially is because he can't decide when to end this series. Like, okay, fairly common knowledge, but Five Nights at Freddy's 1 was made with the possibility it could be his last game, and it was a massive success, so it wasn't last game. But it was fairly self-contained, you know, it's like, oh, the robots are coming after you, why? Oh, because there's murdered kids in there. That's it, that's your whole story. But then you made Five Nights at Freddy's 2, which is, you know, building off of that, going to the past, looking at more murders... And then Final Fantasy 3, that felt like it was meant to be a finale. You know, you had the whole end screen at the end, which wasn't your paycheck. You had the whole free in the spirits. We had multiple endings, which was, you know, unusual. But the problem is, apparently a lot of people still had questions. And they weren't important questions, like, I don't get what happened. It's just like, but what's a Fredbear? And, you know, what about this one specific restaurant that doesn't matter? And so Scott sort of fell down the hole of keep making sequels that clear up questions that really don't matter in the grand scheme of things. And then in the process, introduce even more questions. Don't forget also money. And yes, also money. I mean, yeah. The more money you make, the more you can funnel into Donald Trump's re-election fund. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think whenever we compliment Scott Cawthon, just remember that we are keeping in mind that yes, he is funneling money to the conservatives and Republicans. And yes, we hate him for that. Yeah. So don't yeah. don't mi don't mistake any instance of positivity towards him as our general feelings because they're not. We hate this guy. Yeah, he can go and fuck himself. He can. Although he won't because he's a tradcalf. Is our audience going to know what tradcalf means? I don't think I'm even using the term correctly. I have no idea if he acknowledges the reforms that the Catholic Church made in the 1960s, and I don't care. Right, you, you've got to start your own history podcast. You've got to work this out somewhere that isn't in Percy Jackson <laughs> or in Five Nights at Freddy's in Horror. The Percy Jackson podcast is the perfect place to discuss history. What are you talking about? Yeah, like Greek history, not this. Listen, so what we're going to fall what down a rabbit hole of talking about the heart of the West and the fact that I definitely remember a copy of that book saying it was in Nazi Germany at one point. I'm snipping this out. <laughs> <laughs> So, besides jump scares and poor imitations and incomprehensible story, what else don't we like about Five Nights at Freddy's? Uh, I don't like horror, but I don't think I'm allowed to just use that as a critique. That's a you problem <laughs> on the horror podcast. Yeah, that's that's one problem of mine that I can't pin on Scott Cawthon. He gets a free pass on that one. What about you, Vera? You got any more gripes with Five Nights at Freddy's? Anything at all. It can be as petty as you want. Really just put the boot in. Not enough animatronic insides. <laughs> uh, please elaborate. Show me more cool messed up animatronic designs. Yeah, yeah, I will give you that, actually. I feel like... I want to say recently, 
I think starting around sister location, the design sort of trailed off a little bit. Like sister location does have some cool designs, um, especially Ennard at the end. It's just all these endoskeletons tangled together, but with like the clown mask, little party hat, and all the eyes everywhere. That's really cool. But I feel like okay, but it does look like something that I can make by smashing together connects is the problem. <laughs> I'll make a connects reference in twenty twenty one. Well, I was going to say Bionicle parts, but I know you two would lose your shit if I started talking about Bionicle. That's for a different podcast. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but yeah, besides Ennard and Sister Location, everything feels, I don't want to say over-designed, but that is the term that comes to mind, because you've got, like, the face panels and, like, all the weird tube stuff underneath. And, like, Circus Baby, she's got, like, voodoo doll pins in her, and it's like, take one thing off, you know? Just streamline design. Again, look at the FNAF 2 animatronics. Yes, there's a lot going on with, like, the endoskeleton poking out and stuff, but each of them has their own distinct thing. Like, Withered Bonnie, he's missing his arm and his face. Withered Chica, she's, like, T-posing, she's got no hands. Withered Freddy, he's got no knees. You know, they've all got their own thing. But, like, in Sister Location, it's, like, they've all got very similar colour palettes, all just different shades of pink and purple. There's a reason that, like, not many of the designs have come back, except for, like, Baby herself, who's, like, a main character now, I guess. I mean, to be fair... the only female character who shows up at all. Sister Location has one of the least over-designed characters, uh, which is Vanny, who is just a slasher killer in a fursuit, so... That's not Sister Location, James. Not Sister Location, whatever the new one is. Um, Yeah, speaking of Security Breach, I feel like they're sort of toning them down a little bit, they're not as over-designed, but again, it feels like there's a bit too much going on with like the panels and the... uh, Make them look like animatronics, but at the same time they just look... It's sort of like FNAF 1, where it's just all like funny animals with seams on them. And then, not Help Wanted, um, Pizzeria Simulator was just... That was the pit, I think. Because there were some cool ones, like Molten Freddy, who's just like a burnt-out Freddy face with loads of wires coming underneath. And Scrap Baby, who's just like the most, with like a lobster claw and a roller skates. That's cool. From what I saw of that game, that kind of seemed like the dumping ground for like abandoned concept art. <laughs> oh, it absolutely was. That's a very good way to put it. <laughs> the pizzeria simulator part of it was the downfall because there were so many just boring animatronics it's just take default body put a different animal head on it and then give it like an alliterative name and it's sometimes not just like here's happy frog it's a frog who's happy right it's just like i don't want to accuse him of designing these just to sell toys but i mean he is i mean yeah, yeah listen we can be honest with ourselves yeah, I mean, I would say I respect it until I found out where the money was going, so... Exactly. Yeah. And that's what it all comes back to. <laughs> yep. With every happy frog plush you buy, you can defund making the frogs gay in real life. Oh my god. <laughs> Horrifying. That's a thought. Do you think he gives any money to InfoWars? I was gonna say, like, I know we said we're not gonna speculate besides what's in the post, but, like... It's possible. As long as we say it's speculation, I think we're fine. <laughs> I think that's for the listeners to decide, not us. Maybe we should transition into being like a weird hard right podcast so that he'll give us money. <laughs> no. Do it on your own. Do it on your own <laughs> weird podcast. We're a wholesome <laughs> horror podcast here. We talk about murder. We don't talk about racism. Exactly. We've mentioned it several times in this episode. And I'm putting a warning at the beginning. <laughs> so what's the problem, officer? Ossifer. 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 So, I think, unless there's any other gripes anyone has to 
exposit about Five Nights at Freddy's. I think we've covered our big ones. Uh, Markiplier and Matt Pat getting a career off the back of it. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Markiplier's not. I say he's not bad. How badly will it age if I say he hasn't done anything wrong? And this isn't me like wishing badness upon him. This is just me covering my ass. You know what? Let me let me check his Wikipedia page to check that there's not a section that says allegations. <laughs> allegations, controversy, going into hiding. You know that stuff. Prison sentence, parole, etc. <laughs> that time he was almost sense. killed in a gang war. I can't believe they put a heading called etc. Gotta make sure you Let's cover see. all your bases. In the meantime, I look in that. Vera, is there any final gripes that you have to bring up about Five Nights at Freddy's? Not honestly. Yeah. Which is surprising, frankly. <laughs> we thought there'd be more vitriol after that beginning segment, but yeah, we kind of worked it all out. Yeah. Uh, story's too convoluted, and I say that. No, I'll save it for when we're complimenting it again. Jane, are you actually looking at that <laughs> thing? Are we just... <laughs> I am actually looking at it. There is no- nothing like... There's no controversy section, I think. Okay, well... There is a section called anus. <laughs> so, do any of us have any compliment breads to top <laughs> off this compliment sandwich with? Uh... I say we leave it to the fan first. Yeah. Oh, oh, me. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, I still count as a Five Nights at Freddy's fan. Uh, again, I think one of us mentioned that it's inspired a lot of good stuff in the community, which we're going to cover next part, but... Uh, uh, Jane, what do you think? <laughs> what compliments Fuck. do you have for Five uh, Nights at Freddy's? Nice things to say about Five Nights at Freddy's. You gotta admit that while simple in its base premise and extremely convoluted in its practice at its heart it is pretty good at instilling a like genuine sense of horror with that dawning realization yeah honestly oh definitely as critical and cynical as you want to be there is a reason that it took off as like it did and not just because of you know youtube money it is because it's a genuinely like well-made game for the most part like Ignore Final Phrase 4. <laughs> like, they're all pretty good. They all have their own interesting mechanics. They're all actually scary. And it's all fairly streamlined. Especially after Final Phrase 4. Sister Location and Pizzeria Simulator, like, flow into each other really well. And, like, the newer games, they're starting their own arc that's basically after the fact. You don't even need to know the lore of the other stuff except that there was a purple guy who murdered people. Honestly, like, in terms of lore, I'm really optimistic for the future. And I guess that's going to be my compliment for this. They've put themselves in a really interesting position with this meta-narrative they've got going on, where the games exist in-universe, and now they're inspiring people to do freaky things. I really like that. It's sort of giving me a Portal vibe, almost, in how it's the sort of corporate parody stuff going on, and I'm looking forward to what they do with that. I'd actually like to hit back at your assertion that Five Nights at Freddy's 4 is the worst game in the series. Yeah? Uh, That game does have um, Plush Trap and the... Uh, fox plush thing uh, those are adorable and by default make it the best game in the series I rest <laughs> my case Five Nights at Freddy's 4 is good because it creates marketable plushies and I think that's something we can all agree on yeah not that you should buy these marketable plushies because you are funding Donald Trump no steal them <laughs> sorry to well parody 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
Just get them from Parody, please do not steal them from your local B&M bargains. Oh god, I wish they were in B&M bargains. <laughs> I wish they there had There are Five Freddy's in the B&M near me. Are there? Like the figures, which... not the plushes. Ooh, which figures? Uh, the Freddy from the new game. Oh, Glamrock Freddy. Okay, no, that one's ugly as hell. Actually, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let me slip in one bit of insult sauce in this condiment sandwich. The action figures have got really bad recently. <laughs> in fact, they've always had problems. They've been on like too many rows of teeth, which is weird to say about Final Fantasy, but it's true. And like giving characters eyebrows when they don't need them, or like the opposites. But like the recent ones have been really bad. They're all retools of like existing figures, except for Vanny. They don't have the builder figure anymore, which. I guess it's nice because it means I don't feel compelled to collect them all, but they're going for the same price, so there's less value in each one. And yeah, Funko, step up your game, please. Funko will not do that. They've been printing the same fucking figure with minor alterations and paint differences for years and making billions off it. She's they got they you will there. never step up a goddamn thing. Yeah, you're right. She's got you there. <laughs> so, shall we put this scooby-doo-esque massive overstuffed compliment and insult sandwich off to the side and have a little break before we come back and talk about the future of five nights at freddy's the things it's influenced and our final thoughts yeah i hope that scott cawthon eats the sandwich and it gives him a stomach ache <laughs> see you after the break everyone bye bye <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. How we feeling? How's that compliment sandwich sitting in your stomachs? Sitting pretty good. I was pretty hungry. Had some chips with it. <laughs> Not gonna eat those on the on the podcast. That's why we take our breaks. We eat the sandwiches we make. How it's about you, Jane? I'm I'm doing good. I don't know what to say here. I've I've been silent so many times, simply trying to speak my truth. It's true. There, there. Keep do not weep. Keep going back. <laughs> And I'm sniffing this as well. <laughs> Look, I've got to make a good first impression. I'm not going to let you on it, literally. <laughs> That's fair. So, so in the last part, we talked about the things we liked and didn't like about Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, one of the things we did like is about all the cool stuff it inspires. And I thought in this final part, we could elaborate on some of that and talk about some of the good stuff that's come from Five Nights at Freddy's in a little bit more detail. If this were in the compliment sandwich part, the sandwich would literally just be a giant pile of compliments. Yeah. <laughs> it, would, it would just be bread. It'd be toast. I bet you like toast, don't we, gang? Toast mm. is good. I could go for some toast right now, actually. Yeah. But you just ate that massive compliment sandwich. <laughs> Come on, Jane. you got to hang into the narrative. It's a metaphorical sandwich. It doesn't fill my stomach. I keep telling you this. I need to be compensated for being on the podcast with more than metaphorical food. I'll starve. <laughs> there, there. We'll get you some real toast afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Never. So, I thought we'd start first with probably the most famous Finance Phrase fan series. Finance Phrase VHS by YouTube user Squimpus McGrimpus. Awesome name. Absolutely iconic. Incredible artist, and yeah, I am calling it art because this might be 
not just the best fan material, but like some of the best Final Fantasy material. Period. It's really good. Genuinely, it's better than the series is at some points. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. (laughs) It made the story from Final Fantasy Phase 4 make sense. Uh, So I don't want to get too in-depth because this is something I do want to do a full episode on in the future because it deserves it, frankly. And also, if you haven't watched it, watch it. What are you doing? It's a bit finicky is the problem. Like, the one thing Five Nights at Freddy's has over it is that it's on, like, Steam, and you can get it on your Switch, you can get it on loads of other consoles. Not a lot of people have a VHS player, so it's pretty difficult to watch Squimpus McGrimpus's magnum opus. Yeah. Jane, I'm going to flick you on the nose. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, yes, I would genuinely encourage everyone watching this to watch Five Nights at Freddy's VHS as soon as they get the opportunity. It is much scarier than any of the games are like there's fewer jump scares but it's really unnerving at times and it goes in some pretty heavy topics towards the end there's a lot of familial abuse a lot of trauma stuff so if you're sensitive to that maybe proceed with caution but i think delving into those topics a bit more detail than scott Corton did sort of not just using them as garnish for your scary robot plot but actually delving into it as a narrative device Mm -hmm. it really it really does better for it, I think. Great. Yeah, because Vera, I know you've seen it. Jane, I assume you haven't. I have. I've not watched it. I'm too scared. I can't do it. There, there. <laughs> That's not saying much, to be fair. <laughs> so, Vera, um, there are, I believe, somewhere around a dozen episodes of Final Fantasy VHS. Would you say you have a favorite out of any of them? I mean. It's cheesy, but I gotta go with the finale. It's just, it it's a perfect bow right on top. The music choice, the design, all of it. Mwah, perfect. Exactly. I know the um, Squimpers themselves, they put out a post a little while ago saying how they weren't satisfied with it at the time because they were going through a lot of burnout. And that's why, towards the beginning, it's not very visual heavy, it's a lot of dialogue. But honestly, I think it really sets itself apart from the rest of the series because it's so audio-based. And, like, the voice acting itself is so powerful that you really don't miss a lack of visuals. And when they do come in towards the end, again, no spoilers for anyone hasn't seen it yet, it is just so striking. I think that's the word I would use for a lot of Final Fantasy VHS. It's just very striking. It strikes you in the face with a jump scare. <laughs> it doesn't, though. And that's one of the important things about Final Fantasy VHS. Like, it has a lot of what I call reverse jump scares, where instead of getting very loud all of a sudden, it just gets very quiet all of a sudden, and it just cuts out. And honestly, sometimes that's scarier, because you don't get the relief of a jump scare. When it like, goes blag in your face, it's like, okay, that happened, but that's it. But with this, it's like, it all goes quiet, and then the video ends, and you're just left alone with your thoughts just to process what you've just seen. It's so... Mm, words can't describe, and this isn't me just being a massive fan of Fight of Freddy's who's trying to latch onto another creator. I genuinely believe it's some of the best independent horror content I've seen on YouTube and in general. It's just extremely good. Absolutely agreed. Yeah, no, I can back up the disclaimer. Rabbits was very into this even before Scott Cawthon showed his entire ass. <laughs> I think the very first video I saw was the uh, training tape at the start of season two they did. And this came out of my recommendations out of the blue. It's just a thumbnail with a weird little polygonal Freddy on it. And I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And I sat through the whole thing. And I, at the end, I was just sitting there like, oh my god, what have I just seen? I could. <laughs> this isn't hyperbole now. I could genuinely not sleep some nights after watching these videos. Because they were that scary. <laughs> they left that much of an impression on me. It stays with you. 
Mm. If I had to pick a favorite episode, though, it might be a bit cliche, but again, animated cartoon was, you can see how much effort went into it. Just how, again, I'm going to use the word again, unnerving it gets at times. And then when it gets towards the end, again, I know I keep saying it, but I don't want to spoil this. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Please watch this series if you have even the slightest interest in Five Nights at Freddy's. But it's hits you time and time again with just these such strong beats that you don't know what's coming next. And when it's over, you're just left there, just reeling, and I absolutely love it. I'm actually having a similar experience to that right now, where like you see something and then you're just confronted by like the desolation that it leaves behind. What have you seen? Uh, I made the mistake of clicking onto Scott Cawthon's Reddit account. Oh. Ah. <laughs> turns out that wasn't is... his last post. Uh, what? He made a comment uh, two days after that post uh, under a post talking about um, like a uh, live stream that was going to be done for the Trevor Foundation. Trevor Project, sorry. Right. And he's just left a comment underneath saying, I will be there. And then there are... Oh. 200 comments underneath all of which have been removed by the moderators oh god that's <laughs> i will be there how ominous it's very creepy yeah let me look up real quick what the trevor foundation does just touching the earth and looking upon its devastation that's something true. terrible happened here <laughs> And just for context, this is reading from Google's alt description. The Trevor Project is an American non-profit organization founded in 1998, focused on suicide prevention efforts among LGBT plus youth. So you can come to your own conclusions on why he's saying he'll be there. Um, it's not my place to speculate, and I don't want to <laughs> draw any further face. fire. But... <laughs> I'll pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will be there. No further comments and again all the comments removed by moderators that's Whew. it's a lot something terrible happened here so the other work i want to talk about today that's inspired by five nights at freddy's is the walton files made by martin walls also on youtube so i know that vera and i have seen every episode of this series jane i forced you to watch basically one a gunpoint yeah so, tell you what, Jane, would you like to give us your basic thoughts on what you've seen so far of the series? Um, there was there was a guy on a muddy track, and then he went into a safe or something, and it was full of robots that tried to kill him. I meant more about, <laughs> I meant more about how you felt oh. about the series and like your impressions of it, rather than what you saw. <laughs> I mean, I have to sum up what I saw and then say that it scared the piss out of me. So. Yeah, like, if you've seen from FHS and you want something scarier, go see The Walton Files, because I think Vera can back me up In on In theatres near you. It is horrifying. Absolutely. And I think part of the reason of that is, unlike from FHS, which follows the broad structure of the Final Fantasy story, it has the Aftons, it has Bites, it has, you know, the characters we all know and... I was going to say know and love. But, no and fear. <laughs> your experience may vary. But with the Walton Files, because it's all original characters, original setting, the only thing they've really kept is a sort of vintage aesthetic Vic and the fact that it has evil animatronics. And that's basically all it takes. Like, just on the very first episode, it shifts through so many different styles. It goes through, like, company tape, to animated cartoon, to found footage, 
It's all... It's mile a minute, and just when you've gotten used to one thing, it hits you with another thing, and it works. It doesn't feel bloated. It's just hit after hit of really scary content. I mean, I just want to circle back to something you said about the characters that we know and fear. I feel like with enough fandom bastardization, you can come to love any character. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Again, as someone who runs a Percy Jackson podcast, I assume... Hey, we are not a fan cast. We have shat on those books quite a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, The Walton Files. There are currently three episodes on YouTube at the moment, with a few bonus episodes for people who really want to get into it. And like with Final Fantasy VHS... We're going to try not to spoil much of it because we do want to do a full episode on it sometime because, again, it deserves it because it's just so stuffed with story and so much effort's gone into it. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, there's so much variety. And I say three episodes. There's, of course, the um, holiday specials that Jane, I don't think we can know about. Hang on, Vera, what? We've both seen. <laughs> there are two, they say unrelated holiday specials, but thematically there are parallels. And they sort of use the vague character designs. But yeah, just on Halloween last year and Christmas last year, they put out two stories. One was about two trick-or-treaters and one was basically a Christmas carol, but in the Walton File style, which is extremely horrifying. Oh, God. And they're both it sure incredibly was. good. I mean, that's that's fair. I feel like Jeff Bezos should get haunted by an ethereal furry until he becomes less of an awful person. <laughs> <laughs> And another part of it that really brings in the horror is the music decisions they chose. Vera, you can back me up on this. You've heard it. I have. And yeah, speaking of music, even though Final Fantasy VHS is over, Squimpus Grimpus is still making like really quality content. Like at the moment, I think it focuses on Deltarune Four Suits, which is a sort of fan-made Deltarune continuation with a lot of really high-quality music that they've been creating and posting on SoundCloud and Twitter and stuff. So if you've been missing out on Squimps' content, then I'd really advise you to check it out, especially because they're passionate at the moment. And they released a video after VHS was over, sort of worrying that people would lose interest. So, you know, go prove them wrong. Go listen to their stuff. It's really good. Deeply poggers and based. (laughs) (laughs) You are not coming back to this podcast. (laughs) Can't believe I've been given a lifetime ban from the Undead Rabbits podcast. I've done one on yours and you've done one on mine and we will never cross paths again. Balance has been restored. So, is there anything else to discuss about the Walton Files? Not that I can think of outside of just the hard recommendations. Jane, what about you from the one episode you saw? Any final thoughts? I mean, just just what I said before scared the out of me. If you're into that kind of experience, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. It gets Jane's two thumbs up. It gets my two thumbs up. Vera, I assume it gets your thumbs up. Heck yeah, it does. Good. Go watch The Walton Files and go watch Fight Space VHS. And don't buy any Five Nights at Freddy's merchandise. Absolutely. Especially don't buy a Five Nights at Freddy's NFT. Oh god. No, we didn't make those in the yeah. end because people got mad. I know, but I, I, like, I just You're found it while I was scrolling through his Reddit account's history. I didn't even know about this. <laughs> He backed down on NFTs, but he won't back down on giving money to Donald Trump. He wants to save the environment, but also doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> One of his first games was about a lumber company, so yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> the burden of research. So, speaking of Scott Corton's past, oh. let's look to the opposite of that, and let's look to the future of Five Nights at Freddy's, because it's all a bit uncertain at the moment, frankly. So where we are at the moment, at time of recording, it is, well, for full disclosure, we are recording this at night, and it's now slipped over into the 1st of July, 2021. <laughs> Hooray! Um, uh... Yeah, way. <laughs> Hooray for time. And at the moment, what we know is in development in regards to Five Nights at Freddy's is the next game, uh, Security Breach, which is... Is it fair to call it AAA? I don't think so. Big budget. I feel like AAA, for us, is a bit of an... In- yes. One Much of the larger budget. budget original Five Nights at Freddy's games because the same studio before made Help Wanted, which was very polished, you know, very good. But at the same time, was basically a compilation of mini games based on all the other games. So this is their first unique project, and it's a real step up from other Final Fantasy content. You know, this is as far as we can see, at least in trailers, it's free roam, basically alien isolation, but in a mall, running away from robots and also a woman in a rabbit suit, who could also possibly be a robot. You never know. Knowing this series, yeah, there's probably like a robot exoskeleton in there, endoskeleton, whatever. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to put my nerd glasses and go, actually, if it's on the inside, it's an endoskeleton. Yeah. I, it's just like that. I will turn your endoskeleton into an exoskeleton. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my God. Beautiful. I take it back. Jim comes to this podcast Thank you. like, please, leave my insides on the inside. <laughs> But beyond the games, there's also the Five Nights at Freddy's movie that's in development. Question hell. Mark. Development hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, It was. I think the last we heard about the Five Nights at Freddy's movie was either early this year or late last year, which was they finally confirmed a script to work on, which the film was re- announced to be in development Bad in 2015, sign. I believe. So. <laughs> Sign. It's kind of incredible that they managed to release two knockoffs before the actual movies come out. Like, there was the Banana Splits one, and then there was whatever that one was where Nick Cage is just murdering robots. Oh my god. <laughs> Speaking of future episodes, we are absolutely doing episodes on both Banana Splits movie and Willy's That's Wonderland, the ones. because they are both incredibly enjoyable movies. I'm not saying they're good, but they are <laughs> enjoyable. So, besides Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach and Five Nights at Freddy's the movie... There is also the ongoing series of horror anthology uh, books, which, and not to keep foreshadowing future episodes, but there is so much, I'm going to say, there's so much wrong with those that they're going to need their own episodes. So much Mpreg. There is, <laughs> there is a lot of inflation and weight gain and male impregnation. Never enough. I want to grab the author of those particular stories by the shoulders and just go what are you doing this is for your literotica account. <laughs> this is for your literotica account please stop putting it in these books for children <laughs> she'll stop it in the books for children as soon as you stop talking about that will never happen we're on a standoff whether, whether that makes sense or not depends how much of it well i was about to say now that you've said that you need to leave in all the bits where i talked about at least one of them. <laughs> or I'll just bleep it the whole thing and they'll think you're talking about something different entirely. Nah, because I sneaked one by you that was context appropriate when I was talking about the Walton Files, so you can't get rid of that one. Oh no, you <laughs> did. Ah. It's very clever. Thank you. 
God, editing this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck. So, we've talked about Scott Cawson the Controversy. We've talked about Five Nights at Freddy's, Past, Present, and Future. We've talked about fan works that were inspired by Five Nights at Freddy's. So, is there anything else we need to discuss, in this episode at least, regarding the issues? Or shall we move on to our final thoughts and close this episode off like the mystery box from Five Nights at Freddy's 4, which will never be opened again? Woo! I mean, you can lock it and we can throw it in a ditch and then never think about Five Nights at Freddy's. So, I'm taking that as a sign that... It's time for us to give our closing thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, Jane, would you like to start us off as our special guest? Uh, What's sure. your current thoughts on Five Nights at Freddy's? Uh, my thoughts on Five Nights at Freddy's are... I'm glad that I never emotionally invested in it. <laughs> really rubbing it in, huh? <laughs> Vera, what about you? Do you have any closing thoughts on Five Nights at Freddy's? Or be close this chapter? Hmm... Makes you sad. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it 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 makes me sad. <laughs> I guess my current position is death of the author exists, and I don't mean literally, of course. But I feel like this is one of those works where you can separate the art from the artist, but only if you don't buy the merchandise or pay for the games. Because that's the thing, really. You can say you don't believe in the author's ideals or, you know, you're not supporting them. But as long as you're giving them money, then you are. Especially in this situation where... Then you are quite literally supporting them. Yeah. Exactly. So, I guess my closing thoughts are... I'm still going to bring as much enjoyment out of Final Fantasy as I can. While also being very, very careful not to give any money to Scott Cawthon. As it will go to Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. And I don't want my money in their hands. And I hope neither of our viewers do either. Fingers crossed. So, that was an endeavour, wasn't it, gang? <laughs> it was. So, uh, Jane, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I, I would. As has been alluded to several times while we've been recording, uh, I spend most of my time uh, co-hosting a Percy Jackson reread podcast with my good friend Jacqueline. It's called Unwise Girls. And it's on most major podcast platforms you can find. Uh, and if you want to just like find anything more directly, uh, we're at Unwise Girls Pod on Twitter. Uh, and Rabbits was actually on one of our episodes a little while ago. Uh, the seventh episode, I believe, where we just ripped into the awful Lightning Thief movie. So if you like listening to us natter at each other, I should try checking that out. All right. Well, it's great having you on. I really appreciate you joining us for this premiere and also teaching us how podcasting no works. Thank you for your wisdom. So, thanks for listening to our episode today. If you'd like to press like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you think there's anything we missed out on our disclaimer at the beginning, please leave a comment below. And if you have any suggestions for what you want us to cover, please let us know as well. Uh, early on, our release schedule might be a little bit sporadic, but I assure you we're always working on more content and we appreciate suggestions. And I think that's about it from us. So, from Undead Rabbits, stay spooky, gang. Stay spooky. Do you two not want to plug your Twitters? No. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey everyone, Future Rabbits again. I just thought I'd put this little addendum at the end of the video to plug both of our Twitters. If you want updates on Undead Rabbits production as it comes out, then please follow the Undead Rabbits Twitter at UndeadRabbitsYT on Twitter. If you want to follow Vera to see her artwork, 
and inquire about commissions, you can do so at insmith underscore in on twist.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Join us next time. Stay spooky. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.